Well, we are in a business where killing our audience is apparently okay. And in New York, the judge ain't buying the nonprofit angle from the folks at Lowcast, so they shut down. Hi, we're back with opinions and ideas for this Tuesday edition. I'm Jackson Weaver, along with my co-host in Southern Cal, Keith Samuels. And for Tuesday, September 7th, this is Media Insultant. Well, welcome back, Keith. Uh, we had a couple of interesting interviews this past week while you were working on your tan in Hawaii, and we were here in the Northwest enjoying the last fabulous days of summer. And man, we had our struggles with YouTube. I, you know, I, you know, I hate to air our dirty laundry, but you know, we had two great interviews with both Ron Stone of the IBA and Lucy mm-hmm. Rice, who talked an awful lot about how to do good, effective media recruitment these days. And we were delayed on getting those posted. So if you missed them, go back and and give a watch because they're worth it. They're now posted on YouTube. And hopefully our problems with YouTube are over. But I've said that for the last six months and every couple of weeks we have problems with them. So a lot of good it's doing me to complain about it at this point. What do you think, Keith? Well, as our IT director, Jackson, you know, we've uh, you got to up your game with those guys. I mean, you know, we, we can't we can't you know, people want to see us. So I'm counting on you, buddy. I know you can do it, and, and and you've been doing yeoman's work to try to solve those issues. But again, I can't reiterate enough how, how terrific our conversations were with Ron, particularly if you're a small market media operator, particularly radio operator. He's doing some great work to support those folks because he is one. And then, and then secondly, the conversation with Lucy, and I got a lot of feedback both on Facebook and emails about the, our conversation with Lucy. It, it's one of those great old friend reunion yes discussions, but... She brought to the table some real world challenges that, that, that people, her clients, particularly in smaller markets, are, are having, uh, both in television and radio, in terms of recruitment, but also onboarding. You know, how do you train people? How do you retain these sellers? And then how do you pay them? So if you're dealing with those kinds of issues and you want to pick, you know, we picked her brain for your be- on your behalf on those subjects. And it's, uh, it's 25 minutes of, of must-see TV, that's for sure. Yeah, she has. uh, And, you know, the truth is, Keith, you know, there's so much going around. Even if you just come up with one good idea out of that program or out of that interview, that makes the time worthwhile. And that's how you put together a successful operation, one little good idea at a time. Mm -hmm. Hey, uh, this morning we got to take our hats off to all of the broadcasters who so valiantly kept those radio and TV stations on the air down in Louisiana, down in New Orleans, and, and, and all of those stations in the eye of the Hurricane Ida. And, you know, we've talked about it, and Ron talked about it the other day, that this is one time when radio and TV stations are really irreplaceable. Cell phone networks are down, the the IP networks are down, your cable isn't down, you don't have power, but you can always go out to your car and listen in the radio, or if you might have a radio laying around, you dig it out of the garage and and find a couple of batteries for it, you know? (laughs) But the point is, is is that this is one of those times when radio and TV really work, and And, you know, each year, the NAB sponsors a big event back in Washington, D.C., and we all go back, those of us who are on various state boards, go back and we we traipse through the halls and we go into the congressmen and the senators in our particular districts and we talk to them about how important it is to be serving our communities. It's a blatant lobbying effort, 
but it works, and we talk to them about how important it is for the radio stations and the TV stations to be serving their communities in a moment of crisis. And all of that's fine, but the COVID is turning that commitment into complete crap. Because in my evaluation of this, very few station owners have taken seriously the biggest health disaster we've had in the last 100 years. We've got 650,000 Americans who have died, Mm -hmm. more deaths every day. And I think it's a remarkable dereliction of duty that these guys continue to broadcast a lot of mistruths, misinformation on some of their talk shows, and they make no effort whatsoever to promote vaccination. In the past couple of weeks, five, no less than five talk show hosts have died. And these were all anti-vax guys. And you don't know how many uh, also were listeners who died because their talk show hosts promoted mm-hmm. these, uh, uh, these anti-vax positions. So, Keith, what's the responsibility of a broadcaster when their, their, morning, or their talent is spreading mm-hmm. deadly misinformation? Is that in the community interest, needs, and necessity as their license requires? What do you think? <laughs> yeah, as their license requires. The important thing to remember here is that, is that cable, uh, connected TV, streaming TV, all those kinds of services do not have the public service requirements that their license uh, you know, requires them to do. So you know, the only people that are required or that are, the only people that are licensed by the government, by the FCC, are your over-the-air television stations, those five or six in your market, and the over-the-air radio stations. So everybody else, you know, you can listen to pod, you can listen to a million podcasts that are anti-vax or pro-vax or whatever, but no one's licensed and no one polices them. And the, you know that's why they can they can say nasty words too. But I, you know, I think I think it gets to the I think it gets to this point is that there there's there's going to be a lot of opinions on this. There's a lot of there's a lot of issues with people that fear of vaccinations, and there's there's people that you know I've got to get vaccinated and double mask and everything else on the other side of the coin. It's where are the people that are managing these stations to moderate that conversation and at least balance that conversation uh, and at least con- you know talk to their hosts, manage their personalities a little bit in, in a sense that like let's 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 be responsible citizens here. Let's talk about both sides of this so that everybody's informed, not necessarily told what to do, but informed about the choices and the and the and what can happen either way. You know, I was thinking when you were, we were preparing for the show about, you know, how these stations, most of these small market stations, most of these medium market stations, and frankly, a lot of pretty large market stations. Right, you know, right. You know, I, I, I talked to a buddy of mine who's a GM in Tucson, and I said, you know, so how, how are you managing these things? You know, he goes, I haven't been down the programming hallway in, in six months. That's, that's all, my programming is all done by, by corporate. They tell my local PD what to do. And we have one PD for a handful of radio stations. You know, so you have guys that are music PDs, and now they've got a talk show guy that's going off the rails on the Vax thing. I mean, they never talk. You know, it's a whole different. So what we're, what we're exposing here is this, we don't have enough people that really are program directors overseeing all of these different personalities because uh, they're working remotely, they're at home, and, and I'm a music guy. I don't know how to talk to Jackson. He's the he's the talk guy. That's not my deal, you know. So it's it's a lot. There's a lot of mismanagement that's been exposed by this, and then it made it's made even worse by everybody working remotely and no one being like in the building. And you know, because when you're in the building, 
You can be standing there at the control room. You can be looking through the window as the GM, right? You're sitting there going, uh, dude, time out, okay? <laughs> no, no, stop it, stop it. And, you know, but there's nobody in the control room. There's nobody in the studio, and you're at home. So, you know, it's just a lot of stuff, I think, that led to um, this. And, 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 and if there was on-site management and people in charge, it could have moderated this a little bit. And, you know, yeah, there's going to be anti-vaxxers, there's going to be pro-vaxxers, there's going to be pro-Pfizer, pro-Moderna, whatever it might be. But, you know, gee whiz, who's in charge? Who's holding the brain right out there right now, right? And, and there's clearly not many that are, like, figuring this out. Well, and that's, that's my point. There's no leadership on any of these no. groups. Cumulus is the only one that I know of who's required vaccination of all their employees. Okay, that's great. But they still allow these wacko guys to talk about microchips and the vaccines and sterilization efforts. They're still yeah. on the air blabbing all the time. You know, a company like Bonneville, you what? think Bonneville, which is owned by the LDS Church, would have some re- decent values to expose because of their ownership. But they let one of their guys, Jason Rance is his name, he rants on about the governor's vaccine mandate for state employees. Yeah, well, yeah. there's no leadership. Not one, and I don't even want to talk about the TV groups. Those guys have done nothing. No one of these groups has come out and stood firmly for the science and the well-being of their audience. Uh, none right. of them. iHeart, Audacity, just doesn't matter. Odyssey, doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, you hear a couple of PSAs on podcasts. To your point about podcasts, you can say anything. But broadcasters of the group have been dead silent. Yeah, well, you know, and, and I think that you know, there's also there's there's a lot to be talking about on this, particularly the fact that that uh, you know, what do you do if you've had it? What if you do if you've had COVID? And you know, there, there's really no settled science yet, but there's a lot of dialoguing about whether or not I then re, am I do I need to have the vaccination if I've had it, or am I already probably. Uh, more resistant than if I hadn't had it and had gotten vaccinated. And then, you know, then you have the issue too about, well, if the vaccinations were the answer and we're 60 some odd percent vaccinated, then what the hell is, what the hell's going on with everybody getting sick again and getting dying? There are more people dying today than there were a year ago when there was no vaccine. Right. So you can have those discussions without being, you know, without killing people, but you can, and you can talk about what's happening. And, but I, I think the fact of the matter is, is that there's so few managers, I mean, talking about program managers, program directors at these clusters in these small markets, if there is one at all. And, uh, right. And, and that that can dialogue with some of these guys, you know, it's, well, it's, it's really frustrating. I know. And I, t- I know it's really frustrating for you. And, and we started this conversation with the fact that, that um, you know, thank God there were radio stations to help with Ida. You know, and the flooding from Ida is, is far reaching beyond Louisiana. You know, you see, you know, flooding all the way up to, the, to New England that's just been disastrous. But what I feel about is those poor guys who are looking out in that field down there in the Delta and their transmitters on its side. So, you know, there's a lot of guys that got knocked off the air. And um, I'm, you know, hoping that they can, you know, somehow get back on the air sooner rather than later. But, you know, the devastation that happens to these towers and these tower arrays during these these uh, high wind events is just just stunning. So, you know, um, let's hope they get back on the air and get, you know, and, and get back helping their communities rebuild out of this. Well, I, I think your point on, on dialogue on both sides is, is, is really a, a, a smart move. And as I say, I'm, I'm concerned. I remember uh, in the uh, 70s during the Vietnam War, Dorothy Bullitt, who owned King Television here in Seattle, 
you know, expressed a lot of real courageous leadership. She ran a logo in the lower right-hand corner of all of the programming on King Television that said, Stop the War. Now, that's a very controversial issue in a town that's, um, you know, that's run by Boeing at the time. But yeah. she had the courage to stand up and do what she believed was best for the community. And I don't see the broadcasters doing that. There might be one exception. And that's in Huntsville, Texas, a, a radio station by the name of KSAM. <laughs> and if you'll forgive the English, they, they've run a, a program called COVID Don't Care. And they have, <laughs> they have uh, local doctors as spokespersons. And so I, I guess I can't lump everyone no. into this lack of leadership. But, you know, it's got to be more than someplace in Huntsville, Texas. All right. Well, we've probably pissed everybody off now. And, uh, you know, I'm waiting for the letters. Well, they don't send letters anymore. The emails and the nasty texts to start coming in. Hey, speaking of uh, the television side of things, uh, Lowcast is a company that is trying to deliver over-the-air TV signals to your cell or your tablet with IP. And I had a, the experience a few years ago of working with a startup like this, and this is kind of an embarrassing story, but it was called Ivy TV, and they wanted to do exactly the same thing about 10 years ago. And the idea is, is that all of these signals are converted to IP, and you can pick them up on your cell phone or on your tablet, so that in, if you don't have over-the-air television, you can get it on your, on your phone. So I offered what turned out to probably be good, but at the short term, very bad advice on this. I thought if the TV stations understood, look, I'm going to get all of this additional coverage, I'm going to have all of these new viewers via IP that I don't get now, then they would benefit from it. So I said, let's go talk to the TV stations about your model and whether it makes sense. I thought they'd love it. Well, we did the dog and pony, and uh, the result was we were threatened with lawsuits, cease and desist, and we're shown the door just as quickly as you can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> and it uh, really ticked off my client. They thought I had given them really bad advice, but I thought it was better to give them that advice and know up front what they were dealing with these guys are very protective of their IP and their intellectual copyright, and at least they knew what they were dealing with. So what Locast did is to avoid that kind of an issue, they became a nonprofit. Oh, well, that solves it. Exactly, because there's a real sleight of hand in <laughs> copyright that allows a nonprofit to rebroadcast a television station signal without paying retrans fees. So they did that, and they're in probably 25 markets, something like that, rebroadcasting all of these signals. But a New York federal judge ruled that the constant interruptions for donations, the begging, you know, the begathons, every 15 minutes made it seem more like a subscription model than a nonprofit. So they pulled the plug and stopped the service immediately. Uh, you have any thoughts on this? I mean, is, was this a, a good move by the judge? And did the local stations cut off their nose to spite their face? Yes and yes. I mean, you know, I, I, I still wonder about the value, pardon me, the value of extending the reach of my broadcast property beyond my market. You know, what's, so yeah, okay, you know, uh, I have a vacation home here and I live here and I want to watch the news at home. 
I guess I'm too lame to go to the station website to watch the news of the station website in the city I live in because I'm visiting another town. I'm going to go on my phone and download an app and scroll through and try to find that station and see if they're on there. And oh, yes, they are. And I can do that. You know, I, I just, I, the, the appeal of doing that, it's like tune in. I go, oh, yeah, boy, I, I sure miss, you know, streaming Go Country 105 when on my vacation. So, but I can just go to tune in and pick it up. It's like, no, no, it's just, it just, it just doesn't, I, and, and then if I can aggregate 5,000 radio stations, think of all the commercials I could sell and I get inventory. I'm going to get, oh, please, really? You know, there's no appeal to these stations. Well, there's some, you know, I guess that's why Kiss FM is on Sirius XM, right? That you can, you can listen to Kiss FM from Los Angeles, but there's only like two or three radio stations like that in the country. That's right. That you'd care about that. That's right. Uh, you know, and, and why can't I just stream the damn station anyway on my iHeartMedia app? Why do I have to go to Sirius? You know, so uh, I don't get it. But to try to extend your, your TV station on so people can watch it everywhere, it's like, uh, I don't think so. And by the way, how, how does that violate my affiliate agreement with the same network that I might be you know, competing with or the syndication deal if I'm showing syndicated content? And and they're watching syndicated content on the station in Seattle, and they're they're happen to be in Spokane watching it on the app. I'm I'm the Spokane guy. I'm going. What the hell's going on? I'm the Spokane guy, not the guy in Seattle. I paid for the show here. So there's well, all the big, sorts of arguments yeah, about this. Yeah. To be to be clear, to my knowledge, uh, Lowcast uh, geo targeted it, so you could not oh. you could not watch it in another market at this point. Gotcha. So it's but only the, in your market your that market. you could watch it because you can't get cable and you can't get it over the air on your next gen TV. And okay. <laughs> Well, you know, defensively, uh, I think the stations have and should continue to build their OTT streaming services. I mean, that's, you know, that's the ultimate solution for these guys. And as you said, do they need to go through an aggregator like Locust or TuneIn? You know, probably not. And the networks are just going to fight ferociously to hold on to their copyrights because they have all of this retrans revenue flowing for all the crap, excuse me, all the programming they put on the air. All right, well, I can see the hate mail and the unsubscribes coming in now, uh, Keith. Ding, 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 ding. Um, It's the end of the media insultants. Yeah, we've we've stepped into some political doo-doo and bashed most of our friends in the broadcast space. So I got an idea. Let's do it again. And Thursday seems like a good time, and see who else we can tick off and piss off at the same time. I can't wait for Thursday. I've got some real insults teed up. So there you go. Well, and of course, comments are always welcome at Jackson at InTown Media. And Keith, go have a good week. I'll see you Thursday. You got it, buddy. Take care.